My friends, today is one of my uh, favorite days of the year. I think you don't have to be a priest, of course, to uh, just love Holy Thursday. I know many of you share this sentiment. You know, Father and I and the deacon uh, this morning uh, went to our cathedral and our bishop, uh, with all us celebrating priests, uh, uh, celebrated the Chrism Mass, one of the most extraordinary liturgies, really, of our year. Uh, Father and I renewed our priestly promises with all our brothers, and the bishop consecrated the oils, the holy oils that we will use throughout this coming year. And now today, right here in this evening, we begin the Eastern Triduum. The summit of our liturgical year, chronologically, it will last three days, today, tomorrow, and Saturday, but liturgically, it is one. For there will be no dismissal tonight. We will not say, go forth, the Mass is ended tomorrow. Those of you that come to the uh, Passion of the Lord on Good Friday, there will be no greeting. There will be no dismissal. We will enter and leave in silence. This all points to, it culminates in the Easter Vigil, the mother of all liturgies throughout the year uh, on Saturday. You know, I'm really overwhelmed. I am every year by uh, this day. I'm filled with joy, so much gratitude for tonight's Mass of the Lord's Supper celebrates an incredible trifecta. The Holy Eucharist, of course, the ministerial priesthood, and our Lord's new commandment, to love as I love you. He gave us a new commandment, love unto death. What incredible mysteries to contemplate, and what an important time for us to be contemplating them. What an incredible time to be alive. What an incredible time to be a Catholic. How privileged we are to live in this moment, this moment of salvation history at a time when the world needs men, women, and children of deep faith, perhaps more than any other time, a time when the world does need the Eucharist, perhaps more than ever. A time when the world does need holy, loving, and merciful priests, perhaps more than ever. A time when the world needs the love and mercy of God, perhaps more than ever, to be spread by members of the church he left us, surely more than any other time in human history. You know, my friends, I really struggled with what to preach about tonight. Such extraordinary mysteries. No way that I could do them justice. You know, as I always do, I ask the Heavenly Father to reveal to me what He wants me to say to you. I asked Him, perhaps if there is a central theme here to emphasize. And it was a very clear message He gave me in my prayer throughout this week. So obvious, so beautiful such a necessary message. He wants me to speak to you, he wants me to speak to my own heart about sacrifice. You know, all three of the things we commemorate tonight are rooted, of course, in sacrifice. The Holy Eucharist, the most blessed sacrament, the source and summit of our faith is truly rooted on our Lord's sacrifice. This first reading from the book of Exodus, we see Israel was enslaved, are reminded that Israel was enslaved in Egypt. And Moses describes to them the importance of the Passover, not only for that night, but for all nights to come. 
In the Passover, of course, the Paschal lamb was sacrificed, and its blood was spread over the doorposts, over these lentils, to keep them from death. Well, in the Last Supper, Jesus states his plan to become the true Paschal lamb. He will be sacrificed on Good Friday, and through his blood, we will be saved from sin and death. In instituting the Holy Eucharist, Jesus asks us to perpetually commemorate his sacrifice. Do this in remembrance of me. And in celebrating the Eucharist, we offer in an unbloody manner the sacrifice he offered on the cross himself. Yet as Nathan Mitchell in his wonderful article entitled The Three Days of Pash, he said, yet like at Christmas, there is a temptation to enter into the sacred time and see the incredible liturgies we celebrate as dramatic reenactments, as historical reconstruction, if you will, recreating those scenes in the upper room, recreating that journey along the Via Della Rosa, recreating what happened on Calvary and the life-giving moment at the tomb. But precisely because these faith-anchored events are historically says, they cannot be repeated or reenacted. Therefore, we believe that what happened once in history passes over into mystery in this Holy Mass. We celebrate mystery here tonight and always in the Mass, not history. We celebrate an amnesis not mimesis. In other words, a memorial sacrifice, not an imitation. For a faithful Jew, Passover was not just to remember an historical event. It was truly to be present mysteriously at that one and only Passover. Fulton Sheen described it so beautifully this way. He said, Calvary belongs to all times and to all places. We were not conscious of being present there on Calvary that day, he says, but he, Jesus, was conscious of our presence. So beautiful. And so today, the high point of this Mass and every Mass is the memorial of what occurred during Christ's visible stay on earth as a pledge of what he continues to do invisibly through the Eucharist. And it is truly, of course, rooted in sacrifice. St. John Vianney said, if we really understood the Mass, we would all die of joy. So true. This is the principal reason we are celebrating the sacred triduum ad orientum, or as I prefer, versus deum, to the Lord, to God. This altar is not a banquet table alone, right? It's the altar of sacrifice. Versus populum towards the people is, of course, a legitimate form of worship. It is preferred, it seems, by our own conference of bishops. That's fine. Yet when it appears that the priest is at the head of the table with the people gathered around it, it could uh, say that this is really only about a banquet table, and not really about an altar of sacrifice. They're not gathered around a banquet table. Father and I are not at the head of the table and y'all around the other sides. No. 
Father Joseph Jungman says this right when he says, the whole community, all of you, is like a great procession, which led by the priest goes eastwards toward the sun, toward Christ the Lord, to offer with him the sacrifice to God. The primary purpose, after all, is adoration, not communal togetherness. I know that may seem rough, but we're here to worship. Please, God, we have a wonderful, of course we do, we have a wonderful, tight community here, but our primary purpose is to encounter the Lord. The purpose is more obvious than when the celebrant and the faithful pray together, facing in the same direction. The priests, of course, offering Christ's sacrifice, the people of God offering theirs. There's nothing so great as the Eucharist, St. John Vianney said. If God had something more precious, he would have given it to us. Thank you, my friends, for your prayerful witness. You do really edify me and uh, Father Climate and the deacon. Every day, we see you here praying throughout the night. We resolve to spend more time, even in this coming year, before our Eucharistic Lord. Let us share the joy of the Eucharist. Our families, really our whole world, need us sacrificially spending our time here adoring our Eucharistic Lord, being transformed by simply being in his presence. For St. John Vianney also said, if we really understood the Mass, we would die of joy. This joy, my friends, needs to be shared. For the second mystery we celebrate tonight is the ministerial priesthood. You know, there is only one priest, he's Jesus Christ. Yet on our ordination dates, Father Kleiman and I and all priests were configured to Christ in a particular way, such that we very humbly, not because we're special, right, but we act in his person, principally in the sacraments, of course, but also in our preaching and our teaching and a thousand other ways we act in persona Christi. As all the baptized were changed to the very level of their nature, forever configured to Christ as sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father, when the baptismal waters were poured onto their heads, and as all those who were confirmed were changed at the level of their natures, forever configured to Christ as soldiers of Christ, disciples sent on mission, when the sacred oil was uh, crossed on their foreheads, so too with priests. When the bishop lays hands on us, we are forever changed at the level of our nature to act in the person of Jesus Christ, to make Jesus present in life-giving ways, being instruments of his love and mercy. You know, I am very humbled to be a priest. I'm every day humbled by my priestly vocation. For St. John Vianney so beautifully said that the priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. When you see a priest, he says, think of our Lord Jesus Christ. The priest is not a priest for himself, he says. He does not give himself absolution. He does not administer the sacraments to himself. He is not for himself. He is for you. Oh, how great is the priest, he says. If he realized what he is, he would die. Only in heaven will he fully realize what he is. And it is all about 
sacrifice, my friends. And I've been reflecting a lot this past year on priestly fatherhood. And I've been reading an awesome book by Father Jacques Philippe. Priestly fatherhood, he says, isn't something the priest possesses in himself, but a humble service of the only essential fraternity, which is God's. And as I said, I, I know I've said this many times throughout my time here, that priestly psychology has lagged or has lagged behind priestly ontology for me. I think this is not, uh, well, this is pretty common, I think, not so rare. In other words, I've been a priest, I know this uh, uh, for sure, since December 27th, 2011. This is true. And I've been struggling to truly understand and embrace this reality ever since. Which is in large part, I think, why I've often quoted Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. He realized many do not know who they are, and said that the aim of preaching, then, is to tell man who he is, what he must do to be himself. Its intention is to disclose to him the truth about himself, he says. That is, what he can base his life on and what he can die for. This reality resonates strongly with me. And I do know that one of my principal roles, one of Father Kleiman's principal roles, is to help the people of God come to know their true identity. So many, including my old self, my new self sometimes, have wrongly looked for our identity in our jobs, and in our athletic accomplishments, perhaps, or in our physical appearance, etc. But this is truly disordered, and it is, it is well, it's very shallow, isn't it? We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. If our core identity is anything other than Jesus Christ, then we do not yet know who we are. Which brings me to the final aspect of tonight's liturgy. Tonight we celebrate a new commandment. Of course, before the Last Supper, uh, the Lord described, he said, love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. But after the Lord gives us himself in the most blessed sacrament, in the Holy Eucharist, he calls us to love as he loves, unto the cross, unto death, because to love is to wish the good of the other. It is sacrificial. In a few moments, I will wash some feet here, as the Lord did so long ago. It was common practice for the servant to wash the guest's feet. The Lord tells us that he came to serve, not to be served. You know, some of the greatest moments of my life, some of the happiest, most joyful moments of my life, I know this is a common trait, have been moments of service. Experience true fatherhood for the first time, really, by giving myself away. These moments which I got out of myself and loved the other. Moments on mission to Peru and Habitat for Humanity and work camp and on and on, or with my uh, buddy Russell and so many others who are struggling in many ways, or in the hospital, our homebound ministry, and on and on and on. When we give ourselves away, or rather when we give Christ away in us, we find levels of peace and joy that we have never experienced. For we then encounter Christ in the other. We are all being called to love as Christ loved us. 
sacrificial love, love unto death, love until it hurts. Moms and dads know this well. My friends, what an incredible liturgy we celebrate tonight. We begin tonight. And what an amazing time to be alive, to be on the front lines, the front lines of a spiritual battle. Uh, well, they have been drawn, and God is so generous. So let us all contemplate this beautiful gospel tonight and our Lord's words to all of us. Do you realize what I have done for you? That I've given you myself as heavenly food here in this holy mass. St. Jose Maria Escriva said so beautifully, when you approach the tabernacle, remember that he has been waiting for you for 20 centuries. May we not make him wait any longer. There is some urgency in this Holy Mass tonight. For that first reading from Exodus did speak about girding our loins and placing those sandals on our feet, putting those staffs in hand like those who are in flight. We are in a new Passover. It's being offered to us here right now. Freedom, everlasting freedom, is being offered to us today. A new covenant in the blood of Christ, St. Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians. We have all been marked by the blood of the Lamb. Not, of course, on our doorposts, but on our hearts and in our souls to our very core. We have been washed clean and offered an inheritance, eternal life, everlasting peace and joy. May we all embrace this grace. May we allow this grace to transform us, and then may we all share it, and may God be praised. Amen.